0: To Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. So important that we feed on the testimonies of Jesus because it, it's you know as people testify, Jesus is glorified and we get to talk about these things that the Lord is doing. you know I've been passionate to see the miracle working power of God released for so many years but i want to encourage you if you don't quit you win that you you know i just have determined not to change the subject a lot of people get excited about healing but if you will persevere and you will not change the subject but just determine you know i i like psalm 131 it's just a little psalm that says uh, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither will I trouble myself with weighty matters or things that are too great for me to understand. Surely, like a weaned child, have I calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Hope in God, Israel. And you know, that's the extent of the psalm. It's just this little psalm that says, you know what? I'm not even going to pretend to try and figure stuff out. You're amazing. So I'm just going to rest on your lap. And tell everybody, hey, I've been God. And you know, that's the best position to be in. Instead of trying to turn yourself inside out, why God, why, when God, when, how God, how. You know, the disciples did that. They were like, why was this man born blind? Was it because his father sinned, his mother sinned, did he sin? You know, it's like he was born blind. And, um, and Jesus just didn't even go there with them. He's like, yeah, basically... Catherine paraphrase, uh, he, it's because I'm going to heal him. <laughs> and that was just Jesus. He, his, his thing is, I'm the answer. Why are you worrying about trying to figure out the other stuff? I'm not here to, to get into your intellectual questions. I'm here to manifest myself as the answer. And, and you just keep your eyes on him. Christ and him crucified. I'm determined to know nothing else just Christ and him crucified. And you know what? It's a wonderful place to live. Because the more you know him and the more you see him, the more you understand that it's Christ who lives in me and who he is is amazing. I've been I've I've traveled around the world and I've been in in different places where there's people with all their doctorates and I mean, I've been in some places in the UK where there's more PhDs in the room than I've ever ever seen and uh, you know they 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 seem to have their theology all are all there, but you know it's when the power of God comes that they start to melt, and you know th- I've also found that there's sometimes people actually go after knowledge in place of power because they're not seeing power, they go after. Knowledge and you know I'm so into studying. I when I'm not writing a book, I read a book a week. Basically, I just feed on the faithfulness of God. I love it. I listen to podcasts. I listen to the audio Bible. I I feast on testimonies. I, I feed on the Word of God. I feed on books. I love it. But uh, you know, knowledge is is on its own just puffs up. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus and you determine that that. All, all, that you, all the study that you do is simply feeding this delightful desire of knowing Him and Christ and Him crucified and keeping it simple, keeping it real, keeping it childlike. I tell you, it is just glorious. And my heart's desire is for the body of Christ to wake up and experience, like I've been saying, the raw gospel, the real just looking at the Word of God, not with the filters of your intellect, but with the filters, uh, with with the simple lenses of a child, that says, "Hooray! Yes, God! Oh, that's wonderful!" And uh, and we are we are just seeing God do so many amazing things. It's just delightful. But I want to encourage you: don't change the subject. Don't don't allow your circumstances to dictate your doctrine. But look to Jesus. We've got to build on the rock. Amen. As soon as you find yourself going, why God, why? When God, when? How God, how? I mean, I've walked through situations and I've had Job's friends around. You know, they want to give you all the reasons why they, well, I think it's happened because of this. And, you know, kick you while you're down. Anybody ever experienced this with their theology? Oh, it must be because of this. You know, it must be because of that. And they're like, oh. But you know what? That's not God. God's not out to rub, you know, uh, you know, hurt you and make it worse. His heart's desire is to comfort you, to bring hope and a future. And how wonderful Jesus makes all things work together for good. I was just sharing with the guys this afternoon that, you know, I really believe in, in sowing. Every bit of pain, shame and dishonor, I deliberately take it and I sow it in faith because the Word of God tells me that He makes all things work together for my good, that I can exchange my ashes for His beauty, that if I have dishonor, if I have shame, if I have pain, if I have disgrace, even if I've brought it on myself, I have the privilege as a child of God to exchange it in faith and expect God to give double back. Hooray! Hooray! And I've seen it happen in so many specific ways as I've deliberately sown pain and, and just seen God turn it around for good. It first happened for me when I was, um, I was just young. I was uh, um, invited to go and minister with another lady, which is why I love to take um, so many of my team with me because I, I just value what it is to... Uh, to so into the next generation and I'm so grateful. I've got Nathaniel who's on staff with me and Chris and it's just a privilege to have them as spiritual sons and I've got spiritual daughters that are just just give me so much delight as I watch them step into the, the glorious um, calling of God on their lives. But I began to, um, I got invited over to Fiji and one day the um, A lady in the church that we were ministering in was a vice principal of a Hindu school. And she had heard my testimony. And um, for those of you who haven't heard my testimony, I share a little bit about it in my book. Um, I I went through, you know, as as a child through abuse and rejection and abandonment and god did such an incredible miracle in my life as he just completely restored me and, and set me free from fear and shame and it was just so beautiful but she heard my testament and she said would you come and and speak at the school because there were so many um Hi- hindu uh indian girls that would would go and commit suicide because they'd been abused and um So they had this high school and they invited me in and they invited uh, some of the other ministers we were with and they invited ministers from the local village. And the way she'd organised it was she'd said, it's good for the students to know about the Christian tradition of Easter. So they gave us two hours to present the message of Easter. And she asked me to please share my testimony. And so I got to share about how the Lord had shown me this beautiful vision and how he how healed me. And we gave the salvation call as Jesus as the only way to salvation, as the only true and living God, as the one who, wants to, who gave his life. And we presented the, the message of the gospel clear and, and simple as Jesus being the only way to salvation, the only true God. And 90% of the school, including the teachers, gave their hearts to Jesus. <laughs> Amazing. And then the the principal who also was saved invited the local pastors to come in on an ongoing basis to bring material and to... Oh, you know, it was awesome. Oh, wow. And I got back... And, I mean, students were coming up to me, teachers were coming up to me saying, you have a God who speaks back to you. (laughs) Like, yes, I do. And so do you now. And it was just so beautiful to get the letters in in the months to come. But I got back on the aeroplane and the Lord just whispered in my ear. He said, Catherine, double recompense. And I realized, wow, not only did you heal me, but you're now using me to rub it in the devil's face and using me to see so many others set free and delivered. There is nothing that the enemy can bring against you that God can't turn around for good. And so I've learned to deliberately sow pain. I don't waste a drop of it. I sow it in faith very deliberately. Uh, you know, I've had um, people make videos about me on the internet who don't even know me. They're like, she seems like a nice lady, but she's a woman. And I'm like, I can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm not even, I've not even seen the whole thing because I'm not allowed to watch it. My sweet husband protects me. He says, what are you doing? Sorry. Um, so don't go watch it, but um, but I sewed it. I sewed it in faith. I went, God, I thank you for favour on the internet. And my Lord, He is so good. He has He has given us such radical favour that we now. I mean, the Lord has just blessed us intensely with favour, not only on the internet but on the television. We had we had someone came against um, my husband trying to give him a hard time when they couldn't get to me and um, was going to threaten him to badmouth him to the embassy because Tom serves as a, a consul, an honorary consul. And um, so we sewed it again. We didn't defend ourselves. We just sewed it in faith saying, thank you, God. You're going to give us great favour with the embassy. Turns out that year they decided to knight Tom and he was the youngest man ever knighted uh, with a finished knighthood here in Australia and I I got to be Lady Catherine. Hallelujah. It's like, (laughs) this is cool, God. Yay, Jesus. So I want to encourage you, there is nothing that you can't sow in faith and believe that God wants to turn it around for your good. If God is for you, who can be against you? I mean, seriously, I feel so sorry for people when they come against me. I have to pray for them because I know, I know, I know who they're touching. It's like you touch the apple of God's eye. Ooh. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to turn that around. I'm going to sow that. God's going to turn it around for good. But Lord, have mercy on them. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's a good God. Amen. Our wonderful Jesus. Are you happy? (sighs) Well, if you're not, the Holy Spirit knows how to help you. He knows how to comfort you. He really does. He knows where you're at and he knows exactly how to minister to you exactly as you need it. And he knows how to touch your heart in a way that nobody else can. I, I said it this afternoon, he gets me which is so amazing. My God, He understands me. He's the only one that could truly satisfy and know me from the inside out out and love me. And He is jealous to help me, to comfort me all the time in everything I walk through. He wants me not to allow the little foxes and the cares of life to rob me of the joy of of my salvation and the fellowship that we have and wants me to be processing with Him all the time all my stuff so He can come and... me up and help me and, re- and encourage me. And uh, Chris just shared the, the, the scripture before. It's in the book of Acts where Paul says, uh, in him we live and move and have our being. And, you know, I as I view these, these scriptures with a raw lens of just like, whoa, that's what it says. It's like I want to explore what that really looks like to be, Oh, fully aware and fully awake of the reality that I'm in Him and He's in me and in Him I live and move and have my being. And instead of buying into the lie when the enemy wants to whisper in my ear, oh, you're tired, you're in a bad mood, you're this, you're, you know, you know, when he comes with these thoughts, instead of agreeing with that and going, eh, I, I have, um, I've been deliberately Asking the Holy Spirit for help to be fully aware and fully awake to the truth. That instead of just getting up and doing my day, I want to wake up and I want to look in the mirror of his face and say, Lord, thank you. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What do I look like today? as, As you are, so am I in this world. I reckon myself dead. Therefore, Christ in me is the hope of glory. My mind, I have the mind of Christ. The spirit of God dwells in me. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Ah, oh, and just think about that. Just meditate on it. And then think about what your days going to look like when it's not you. Jesus set me free from me. Oh which means the very next person that you meet is going to be very blessed. Or you can allow the, the enemy to rob you and steal that joy from you, steal the truth of that, and so that you reflect instead the lies that you believe about the, that the enemy wants to sell you. You might be feeling tempted to be cranky or moody or frustrated or you might feel tempted in whatever way, the enemy wants to define you by those temptations. He wants you to buy into the reality, into the into the, the the thought that well, because I'm feeling that temptation, that's my identity. That I must be cranky. I must be, you know, I must be tired. I must be this. I must be that. And instead, say, actually, no, it's no longer I who live. Hallelujah. I'm not angry. I'm not, and I'm not irritable. I'm th- that's actually not true. The truth is that the Spirit of God in me is alive. And I, let the weak say I am strong, that I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. God's in a good mood. Hallelujah. When I feel the, the condemnation come against me, instead of agreeing with it and going, oh, oh, I have to remind myself, be deliberate to fight the good fight of faith. And remember, no, I'm in Him. It's no longer me who lives. We've been through these beautiful scriptures this weekend. I'd encourage you just to have a listen over it. How the reality is that now I no longer walk according to the flesh. He wants to, the enemy wants to convince you, yes, you do. You're bound by it. You're bound by every feeling. You're bound by every thought. And you can say, actually, no. I've been born again by the Spirit of God and now in Him I live and move and have my being. Hallelujah. Oh, Romans 8 is just yum, delicious. Like we can read this stuff, but if you actually believe it and start to apply it in your day-to-day life, life gets really good. Set free from me. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that for your family? For your workmates. What's it like if we actually have our mind daily renewed to the reality of our identity, that Christ is in us and that we are in him and that it's no longer me but Christ? Oh man. That's exciting. That's the best. That's the best revelation you can have. Because that, in knowing that, and living that and thinking that and, and being deliberate to stay there, it, that is where there is life. The mindset on him is life and peace. Hallelujah. But the mindset on the flesh, oh, I'm terrible, I'm pathetic, I'm this, I'm that, it's just death. You crumple up and you shrivel up and you do nothing and you think, oh, I'm powerless. But the mindset on the spirit... Uh-huh. Okay, yes. Oh, this is good. You said, "Look, greater works than these shall they do. I don't even have to try to do it. I just step into the reality that you are here and you are full of power. <laughs> Therefore, I am full of power. Hallelujah. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that I may know the greatness of the power toward me who believes. And I don't even have to try hard to believe because by faith I can know that I have the faith of Jesus. Well, that's that's more exciting than you're reacting. I'm serious. Like ha <laughs> I have to, I get excited now, I have to take my jacket off. Hula bakasata. Ha ha This makes me want to worship. Uleba Come, Holy Spirit. And um We were talking about this. I'm just recapping a little bit for those of you who haven't been here. But um, we were talking about uh, you can have what you can see today. And it's so important to be, as you are in Him living and moving and having your being, it's so important that you begin to see with His sight, that you begin to see with His eyes, that you begin to look and, and dream the dreams of God and look and see. I remember a few years back, I was taking my kids to have eye tests at the optometrist and I sat through and watched them have their eye tests. And I thought, I should probably have an eye test too. So I had an eye test and then the optometrist said, "Um, can we do another test? I said, okay, so they did another test. She said, do you mind if I just try something else? I thought, okay. And she said, can I just try one more thing? Can 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 you see this? Can you read that? And then she says to me at the end, you can see things other people can't see. <laughs> she said, you shouldn't be able to see this stuff. And and I got really excited. I was like, this is cool, God. I know you're speaking. So I went home. And the child that I am, I sat on the back deck. I went, I'm going to use my new eyes. and see what I can see. And I began to focus on the furthest tree in the distance and... I was looking at the leaves and the outline on the leaves. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, do you want to see some more? And immediately in the spirit, there I was in that furthest tree, looking again the same distance again. And and then I was back on the back deck and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Catherine, you can see as far as you're willing to look. And I began to think about that. You know, the truth is that in him, we are seated with him in heavenly places. And God is willing to show us and share with us as much as we're willing to look and see. He's willing to speak to us as much as we're willing to listen. Hallelujah. And it all happens by faith. Hmm. I have a happy life. And it's not because everything goes well. It's because I know in whom I live and have my being. Hallelujah. And he wants to show you more than you've ever seen. And he's looking for us simply to believe, simply to trust, simply to ask. You know, I, um, I remember reading some stories about William Branham and how he'd get details about the people who'd get healed before he went to the meeting. And I thought, I'm going to try that. And so I went. Um, I, I went uh, before the meeting. I, I decided, okay, Lord, show me who you want to heal in the meeting. And I've learned by that. St- i learned by that stage not to ask, "Do you want to heal somebody?" Because He always wants to heal. Hallelujah. The right question is who. And so I had a, a vision of a lady with a skirt on that had one leg shorter than the other. And um, I, I looked and I said, "Lord, how do you want to heal?" And then I saw myself lay hands on her and she is slain in the spirit. And um, I put my hand in, in the vision. I put my hand on her leg and her leg grew out. I thought, oh, that's cool. So this is my very first sort of pre-service word of knowledge. I was, I was excited. It was years ago. So I went to the meeting and I went, I didn't have enough courage to say it was a lady. But I said, there's somebody here with one leg shorter than the other. And this lady came out with a skirt on and I was like... I know what to do next. I laid hands on her. She was slain in the spirit. I got down on the ground, put my hand on her ankles, and her leg grew out. And she ran around the building going, I used to walk with a limp. Look at me. I'm healed. And I thought, that's so cool. And then I had another thought. I thought, well, that was so easy. Why didn't I ask God about my day and stuff? You know, why do not I just? Uh... And then I had another revelation. I realized it's because I can't be bothered. ow. And that's the truth, isn't it? We have available to us so much, but we are so busy sometimes with stuff that is meaningless and unimportant. We don't take the time to ask. We don't take the time to look. We don't take the time to listen. But I tell you, if you will steward the time that you've been given and you'll begin to learn the joy of disciplining yourself to focus and fix your eyes on him to fellowship with him to spend time with him to hear what's on his heart you'll start to be taken into intercession for people you'll start to to experience the joy of partnering with him in prayer and hearing his plans and his future when I started to do that suddenly I found that the Lord would would call me at at different moments, I'd, I'd, so, I'd sometimes feel to pull over on the side of the road and I'd get taken up into a vision. I'd see what was going on in a, in a situation and I'd pray and then the burden would lift and I'd get a phone call a little while later and they'd tell me exactly that situation that they'd just been in and, and how God had, had rescued them. And I thought, oh, this is so cool. But I realized it was just the tip of the iceberg if we would actually start to learn that our lives don't belong to us, they belong to Him. And in Him, He has abundant life for us. If we'd simply learn to give ourselves and trust Him, He knows how to organize our lives better than we do. Yeah. I remember once I had my little kids and um, I was, they had stayed over at my mother-in-law's house. And I was going to go and pick them up. And as I was driving to pick them up, um, the Lord said, I want you to go and pray for this lady. And I thought, okay, well, um, I'll go and pick up my kids. And the Lord said, as I kept driving, he said, anything you put above doing what I ask you to do is idolatry. I went, oh, God, that's harsh, you know, just go and pick up my kids. So I sort of reluctantly turned the car around, went back home and put some worship music on and it took me a couple of songs to get my attitude straightened out and then I heard the Lord say okay I want you to to ring her up I want you to go and pray for her so I I tried to get her on the phone and I I couldn't raise her so I got in the car and I went around to her house and she wasn't there and and a lady there told me that she'd just been taken by ambulance for an emergency into the hospital So I drove into the emergency room. Happily, because I didn't have my kids with me, I was able to walk straight into the emergency room. And as I did, she burst into tears, going, I was praying someone would come. And I suddenly realized, whoa, God, you are so much more organized than I am. (laughs) You know, we think we're so smart. But God knows he cares about what your responsibilities are and he knows how to help you fulfill them better than you do. I used to think that if I really just completely abandoned myself to trust God fully, that he'd make me pray all the time and I'd never get anything done. Anybody ever had that thought? But see, God loves me much more than I love me. He loves my family much more than I love my family. He wants me to be a great mom. He wants me to be a great wife. He wants me to be a great father. I mean, pastor and, and sister. And, and, and he wants me to be able to do all the things that he's created me to do. But if I, if I abandon myself, he knows even how to help, help me organize my time. I've had times where I felt like, oh, I should sit down and watch Master Chef with the family, you know, and like I hate Master Chef. I, I don't even like cooking much, you know. I'm a pretty ordinary cook, if truth be told. But my daughter and my husband, they love it. I thought I should probably sit down and you know be family time, have it watch, and I'd spent time with them all through the day. But I stopped. I said, Holy Spirit, what would you like me to do? And I realized, what, what, what does my spirit want to do? Oh, it just wants to go and worship Jesus. So I went into my room and I had this most beautiful encounter with God. And, and I realized, wow, God, you're so good. And then there's been other times when I thought, I'm going to go and pray for three hours. And the Lord said, go, go, on, go and spend some time with this one, with, your, with this child. or Go and, go and do this. And, and, and I've seen God just do something beautiful. He is so smart. God is so smart. We need to trust him. Hallelujah. He knows how to fulfill you in every way. Mm. He's, a, he's a lovely God. And, and it'll set you free from religiosity. And he, he's trustworthy and he is faithful. Amen. I think very often we have not because we ask not. We just forget to ask for the help that he wants to provide. He wants to help you in every little thing, in the big things and in the little things. You know, I really believe that if we would learn what it is to lean into his love and let him love us, <sighs> let him just come and saturate us in his kindness and his goodness, let him, let him teach us about himself, we would begin to understand the freedom and the joy that comes from being in him. You know, I, I deliberately lean in and he, he puts his arms around me. He encourages me. I've been walking with him in the garden when I've been weeping and crying and I've felt his arm around me as the fellowship of the Holy Spirit comforts me. He is closer than anybody ever can be and he knows how to interpret your tears. Hallelujah. He knows how to speak deeply and he he waits for you to yield up the things that are troubling you so that he can come in and give what he needs to give. Hallelujah. I'm in love. I am totally in love with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to be too because he is the safest person you will ever meet. Nobody else can be trusted like him. He's completely safe. He loves you. He perseveres and is so patient, and he's so kind. But I used to—I used to think that he was always just a little bit cranky with me. I used to think that God, when if I'd come pray, he'd feel like, "Well, you don't really spend much time in prayer, do you?" I used to think that he sort of just tolerated me. You know, he loved me because he had to but you know there's that problem woman again you know but when i began to really pray i began to pray the bible i began to pray the scriptures i began to pray ephesians 3 14 to 21 that i would be rooted and grounded in love that He would cause His Holy Spirit to strengthen me so that I could have power to really comprehend this heart, this love, the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of it, that I would be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. I prayed it every day for three months solid, believing in faith that the Bible said I could have whatever I ask according to His will. So I was going to have it. I was believing it. I'm going to have this. Give it to me, God. I needed it so desperately because I was so needy. I was so insecure and it's only perfect love that can cast out fear. And I tell you, God just did such a massive work in my life as he transformed me. And I discovered that to be filled to overflowing, you you can't have a one-off experience. It has to be completely ongoing for it to continue to overflow. And I I began to understand that I need this love every day more than I need food, and I really like food. I need this love more than I need sleep, and I really like sleep. But I make room in my life for sleep. I make room in my life for food. Do we make room in our life to let God love us? Let him love you. Let him love you Let him love you Oh how he wants to He's so jealous to fill you to fill you to overflowing to cast out all the fear and all the worry and all the shame and all the all the stuff He comes and he loves you so, until you can't handle it anymore and you crack and you go Oh God <laughs> your love has get me Bucuramos mm. When I run out of words, I just speak in tongues. Don't panic. (sighs) If you don't speak in tongues, I'm happy to pray for you. Holy Spirit just baptizes so many people in the Spirit when we pray. It's just delightful. In fact, later on, we're going to have a, a fire tunnel. And whatever you want, you can have. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want healing, if you want an impartation, just tell God about it. And then by faith, take it. And let the laying on of hands be the point of contact that you release your face <laughs> and receive it. <clears throat> you can have the best hands in the world lay hands on you, but if you're not expecting to receive anything, then, you know, what are you doing? But if you go and you pull on it, like the woman with the issue of blood that says, when I touch him, I'm going to be healed. Stuff happens, then the fire tunnel gets really fun. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know, I also believe that the Holy Spirit is really stirring the hearts of people in, the ter- in terms of the miraculous and healing because he has, a, he has a plan and He has a plan for our nation. You know, we've talked about the, the prophecies that are over this nation that the last great move of the Holy Spirit would begin in Australia, New Zealand, and the islands of the South Pacific and would go to all the ends of the earth and that it would, there would be a, a huge healing revival beginning here. You know, I had a um, an experience when the Holy Spirit first started calling me to ministry. I, As I shared a little bit of that this afternoon, um, I would wake up and have um, open visions of Hebrew words that I had no idea what they were, written in English, but I didn't even know that it was a Hebrew word when I first saw it. It was spelt out like this, open vision, as I opened my eyes. I tried to figure out what this word was for months and months, but couldn't work it out three months later I woke up opened my eyes bang there it is written again right in front of me and by this stage we'd had we had the internet I had opportunity to go and find it out and um it it was a Hebrew female name and it meant wave wave of God and the Lord just began to give me dreams about a big wave that was coming and I believe it's a healing wave and I believe the Lord was saying to me that He just wants me to be part of this big healing wave. Hallelujah. So I said, "Yes, please. Here I am. And you can say it too. Yes, please. Here I am. He delights to use the weak and foolish things of the world, and I qualify. Hallelujah. so. So we've been seeing God do. Extraordinary things we've been seeing the the um, people with eardrums cut out get their hearing restored. We, you know, we saw this afternoon that totally deaf ear open up, and it seems like every place I go, God opens a totally deaf ear, and it's just beautiful. We we've been seeing cancerous tumors disappear. We've been seeing stage four cancer heal. We've got doctors' reports of hepatitis C healed. Hallelujah! We've got the before and the after. Several. That's how the Lord has done that. We've seen God do extraordinary things. Chris shared the testimony um, about one of our Glory City Atlanta pastors, the senior pastor there, Tony Thompson. He just recently saw uh, a lung completely recreated and the doctor who had removed the lung had to come and verify the MRI and the x-ray to say, yes, she has a brand new lung. Hallelujah. Fully functioning. Isn't that cool? Wow, Jesus. Uh, so there is nothing, there is nothing too hard for God, and it has begun. You know, we've been seeing God do miracles, and we, you know, there was the voice of healing revivals in the 50s, and in the last. 10 years or so we've been seeing God starting to really do more and more miracles but I tell you, bang, the acceleration is here and it's, whoa it's just happening on mass and people are just getting healed in their seats, people are getting healed out on the streets every day in our country and it's its just begun and I believe that there is a gift of faith being released, I see it like this great big fireball of, of the gift of faith being released over this nation and He's saying, whoever wants it, whoever's hungry, come.